So we allow our light to be dimmed because we're embarrassed of where we're shining it from. Hey, you're listening to the Love Lasting Podcast. My name's Jen, and I can't wait for us to talk about all the things from a new recipe I tried for supper last night to how I unknowingly let the world dictate my life. I hope you hit that subscribe button to join me every week and be sure to check out the show notes for a special link to my free private Facebook group where we can continue each conversation. But for now, let's dive right into today's episode because you're here for a reason and I'm determined to deliver whatever message your heart came for. Let's go. Hello and welcome back. What a whirlwind weekend this has been. The love and support I've received since launching this podcast has been nothing short of amazing. And I truly can't thank you guys enough. I appreciate every review, message, share, subscribe, comment, text, phone call, like everything. The excitement and feedback have been so overwhelming in a good way, though. Anyways, I recently started teaching dance again. Nothing huge, just a few random lessons here and there, but it does feel good getting back into my element. Getting back on the dance floor after so many years took me down memory lane to when I first started teaching and it was the first time I felt like the odds were stacked against me, but I didn't care. I still wanted to do it. The backstory, well, the short version, is that I saw an ad in the newspaper that said dance teacher wanted no experience necessary. So I assumed I would be teaching a bunch of kids how to jump around, clap their hands, simple beat stuff. And I walk into the school to hand in my resume and I see people ballroom dancing. And at the time, I didn't even know what that was. I kind of just stood there confused, uh, feeling a little silly, like maybe I misunderstood the ad. But I handed my resume anyways, because I'm hoping that maybe they'll offer me a position as the receptionist or something when they see that I have nothing on my resume that would make me a good fit for the dance instructor position. However, I did get offered the job anyway. I'm a really logical person, but every ounce of logic I had just went mute as I made the decision to accept the job, sign a two-year contract that said when I was finished my training and started teaching, I would have to teach there for at least two years and to not teach anywhere else for two years after if I was no longer employed there. I agreed to three hours a day, five days a week with no pay. Listen, I had no business agreeing to that. Logically speaking, I was a single mom who just moved back in with my parents. I had no money and no things, just whatever I was able to pack into my luggage when I got onto a plane with my son and moved back home. Oh, and I had zero dance experience, like zero. (laughs) Unless you count seeing how low I can go at the club with my friends as experience. And here I was, happily signing this legal contract and agreeing to train without being paid until I started teaching lessons that made the school money. Which would have been fine for someone who knew how to dance and teach. Not for a single mom who was desperate for money, but knew nothing about either. But deciding to take that job was such a pivotal moment for me because it was the first time I think ever that I chose to do something 
that didn't make sense, but I did it anyways because I knew I wanted to. Win or lose, succeed or fail, I wanted to try. When I think about it now, actually even deciding to leave that job after I think seven years was also a really huge pivotal moment for me, but maybe we'll save that story for another episode. The point I'm trying to make is that some things aren't going to make sense until they do. Sometimes you have no idea how you're going to do something, but you know you will. You just know you will. Sometimes logic isn't always going to help you. Sometimes the logic is trusting yourself to know that the answer is coming and that your heart and brain are just still working on it. One thing that's become very clear for me is that yes, I love to dance, but my true passion lies in teaching. I love to learn because I love to teach. I love to figure something out and then help someone else figure it out too. I always find it so amusing at how shocked some of my students are when they find out I started dancing and learning to teach dance at the same time. Most people assume I was dancing since I was young and that's what makes me a good teacher because I've been doing it for so long. But it's actually the opposite. What makes me a great teacher is my late awkward start into the dance world because it put me into a position where I was forced to learn and experience exactly what my students will. So when it came time for me to help them, I knew exactly what to do because I had just done it myself. I'm confident in my teaching ability now, but it wasn't always like that. When I first started, The insecurity and fear of not being good enough was paralyzing sometimes because it's easy to get stuck in the cycle of constantly comparing yourself to other people. It's easy to talk ourselves out of things we want to do because, well, that person does it better and that person's been doing it so much longer. So why would anyone care about what I have to offer when there are so many people out there who are more knowledgeable and talented? Well, because sometimes the most talented and most knowledgeable people have been doing what they've been doing for so long that there are certain things they take for granted. I've had coaches who have been in the dance world for almost all their lives, and although they are fantastic dancers and had so much knowledge to offer me, because of the stage I was in, in my dancing... I felt like they were speaking a foreign language to me the entire time. But I've also worked with people who were still in the process of getting their coaching certifications and were able to explain to me in five minutes something I've been trying to understand for months. As you grow, as you learn, the more knowledge you have. And as that knowledge increases, the stuff you learned way, way, way back in the beginning becomes second nature. You don't even think about it. You don't even remember it exists because it's just a part of your life now. And it's always the new stuff you're most excited about. And the stuff you're most excited about is the stuff you teach best. I still remember watching videos for hours, staring at people's feet, taking notes, and trying to make mine do the same thing. Then when I finally did, I made sure to record detail for detail exactly how I did it so I wouldn't forget And then I did it over and over and over again until I couldn't forget. When I started teaching and saw my students making the same mistakes I did, I immediately knew how to fix it because all the stuff that didn't come naturally to them also didn't come naturally to me. And most of the mistakes they were making, 
I made them too, which made me very relatable, the perfect person to help. The keyword here though is relatable. Nobody really cares how much you know or how long you've been doing something, especially nowadays when so many of us have access to the same resources and information online. You can pretty much learn anything for free if you have the time to commit to find the resources to learn. So who knew what longer and who knows more than who? Doesn't matter. I grew up during a time when internet wasn't really a thing and I remember going grocery shopping with my parents and spending the entire time in the magazine aisle reading Tiger Beat and Bop magazines. I grew up during a time when celebrities were people we wanted to relate to because their lives were just so cool and it was so fun to imagine living their lifestyles. But nowadays with social media, we look to each other. We relate to each other, not just celebrities on TV. You could be the best person in the world and you could be the worst person in the world. Someone relates to you. And it's so easy to find each other because there are so many platforms you can use to showcase whatever it is you create or whoever it is you are. So if that's the case, if we are living in a time when we can contact and connect to people pretty much anywhere in the world, in a time when it's never been easier to find people with the same interests and hobbies, etc., why are we also living in a world where people are the most lonely? Is it because we're too busy making comparisons that we don't spend enough time making connections? Listen, I pay a woman every week to come teach my youngest son piano lessons and only 10 minutes of that is actual piano playing and learning. It used to be five, so we're moving on up here. But my youngest will not, like he refuses to allow anyone to teach him anything. And so the fact that she can get him to even talk to her as much as he does makes it worth every penny. Even just getting that few minutes of learning out of him, which seems to be increasing as time goes on, I wouldn't care if Mozart himself came down and offered to teach my kids. The point is, if you truly care about what you do, and you truly believe that you can bring to life whatever creation you have stirring in your heart right now, there are tons of people out there who are going to love whatever it is you come up with. Even if there are quote-unquote better ideas, more experienced people, cheaper prices, more convenient delivery. None of that matters anymore. I recall going to a conference and this was back in, geez, I want to say 2013. Anyways, so this speaker, and I think his name is Juan, he's telling us this story about a job he had pouring coffee. I don't remember if he was a server or something else, but part of the job was pouring coffee. And he was going on and on about how he wanted to be the best coffee pourer. And he was just so passionate about pouring coffee the best he could. And I remember sitting there like, because your dream was to open a coffee shop? Like, where was the story going? And I might not have fully understood then, but over the years, I definitely learned to understand. It's no wonder he has a successful business with clients and staff who love him. He learned very early on in his career that it doesn't matter what you do, it's how you do it. He could be a coffee pourer, janitor, business owner, truck driver, banker, teacher, whatever. He always knew that if he always put his heart into what he did, he would always find success. 
sometimes we're so hard on ourselves because we don't have the job we want or we aren't in the position we want to be in. So we allow our light to be dimmed because we're embarrassed of where we're shining it from. We don't want to be noticed because we don't want people to notice. But where you are and what you're doing has no effect on your light unless you decide not to shine it. And the funny thing about that is most of us don't want to shine our light when we feel stuck in the dark. But that's when we truly need it to shine the most. Because a light can exist in sunshine, but it's only in darkness that you can see the stars. And it's only in darkness that you can truly appreciate their beauty and their light. It's who you are that really matters. People don't care about what you know. They don't care about what you have or what you do. They care about how you make them feel. And when you aren't busy wasting all your energy pretending to be someone you're not, you can allow yourself to be open and relatable. Because when you're relatable, it doesn't matter how much you know. The only thing that matters is that you understand. Never allow yourself to feel like you don't have what it takes to do something you know in your heart you want to do. Don't watch someone else's life long enough that you forget about the one you actually get to live. There's always going to be someone who's smarter, stronger, faster than you. But there's no one in the world that can bring to the table what you do. There's no one that can bring the insight you have based on your personal experiences. Stop listening to the bad fake it till you make it advice. You don't need to fake anything because you're exactly who you need to be to go anywhere you want to go. But in order to get there, you have to shine your light to see where you're going. Your happiness matters, your opinion matters, and most importantly, your vision matters. So make sure you know what each of those things is. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, I would love for you to leave a review to make it easier for other people to find the show. With that said, I'll see you in the Love Lasting Insiders group on Facebook, which I'll link in the show notes. I'm already looking forward to our next conversation. But until then, I love you to the moon and back. All of you.